You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Pax What She Said Live. Wow, I really love that intro. Thank you to whoever made that. That is so fun. Hey guys, this is so exciting. Okay, let's introduce ourselves really quickly. Um, I'm Perry Goldstein. This is my lovely, wonderful, talented, intelligent co-host, Maggie Loney. And we are Pax What She Said. So if you don't listen to the podcast, um, you should. And we have a podcast (laughs) with She Said every week. Um, We have for a little over a year now right? We're at like 57 episodes now. And we're going to be doing this live show version of the podcast once a month. So we're really excited. Um, We're here to chat with you all. Basically, we love to talk with everyone who listens to us. We don't get to do that through the podcast version, of course, just limited interactions on Twitter. Um, So we're here to do that just casual and chat and answer your questions. So send in your questions and uh, Maggie and I will go through them. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So Bring the heat, guys. Yeah. And well, girls. No, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bring okay, the Mag, appropriate level of heat. I just, I feel like since we may have some new friendly faces in the chats today, that maybe we should do a little background on us, a little Pax What She Said story in case uh, nobody knows how we came together or what the show's about. A little story time. Yeah. I love it. A little story time. All right, Maggie, why don't you kick us off? <laughs> <laughs> All right, per usual. Um, if you have listened to Pax What She Said, it is a great story about how Perry and I did not know each other until we started recording Pax What She Said. Yeah. Uh, I am in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is right on the Illinois border, and Perry is in the middle of freaking New York City. And somehow, some way, we started a little old Packers podcast called Pax What She Said together, and it has been the coolest year. I think it got me through the pandemic. I don't know about you. No, a hundred. Like our, we use this platform StreamYard to chat. It's basically a video chatting. Um, and I don't know what I would do without it. Cause yeah, this last year, you know, we would talk all the time. So 
we got email introed and we started chatting about how much we care about amplifying women's voices in sports. That was, I think, kind of how we really connected originally. It was like one of the first things we emailed about. Yeah. Um, and then we were like, you know what? I guess we're doing this podcast together. Let's hop on Skype. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. Is this going to be weird? Is this going to be awkward? I don't know this girl. And then we hop in and it was like, we were meant to do this together, I think. Um, yeah, for sure. So. I already love uh, the comments that are coming in that people remember us from other appearances that we've made or shows we've done. I am a huge AJ Dillon fan. Yes. Thank you. She has a jersey. <laughs> she has a jersey. And I did just uh, follow your lead, by the way, and buy one of his rookie cards. I didn't do that yet. I oh. I kept getting outbid. So thank you for reminding me as a little aside. But you probably outbid me. <laughs> you probably jacked no, up my no, price. No, no, no. Um, there's so many of them out there. So um, <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be doing the show. We want to answer any questions obviously it's like draft month right so probably <laughs> um his name is joe barry and yes. that is what we're going with uh at the moment yeah joe barry is getting all the same pieces petten had so hopefully with this new um new defensive scheme and ideas he'll be able to do something with those same pieces maybe he'll yeah. have some fun new rookies too that's the hope right um, I see a, a comment here. How did we become Packers fans? That's always a fun story to tell. Yours is more interesting, I think, for Mine? sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I grew up and live in New York. I um, have never lived in Wisconsin. I've only actually ever been to Wisconsin once. This summer is going to be my first time at Lambeau Field. And um, yeah, it's my dad. My dad grew up uh, as a little boy. He fell in love with Bart Starr. Um, watching on TV. It was also the era, I love this fact, because it was also the era, the only era in which the Jets were good. So we actually had to choose between a local team that was good at the time and the Packers and went with very much the correct choice in in the Packers. Um, but basically, he just fell in love with Bart Starr. And the Ice Bowl happened when he was like eight. And it was just kind of game over from there. Um, and I was just before my second birthday when Brett Favre won, the, won his only Super Bowl. Um, and my dad and I watched just the two of us alone together. I slept right here the whole time. And he said, <laughs> this girl is going to be a fan. There's no way she's not uh, going to be a fan. So yeah. All right. Here comes the puppy. <laughs> there <he is. laughs> oh, yeah. If you guys didn't know, Maggie just got a puppy. There he is. He'll make his appearances uh, in the background. His name is Bojack. He's very cute. <laughs> my very husband will be down here at some point, but he arguably is less cute than a puppy. I'm sorry, Mark. Sorry, but... Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have so many questions already, but do you want to share your Packers fandom? Yeah, sure. I mean, mine is, if you grew up in Wisconsin, I'm sure we have very similar stories. It was that Sundays kind of revolved around watching the Packers. Um, I grew up, like I said, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, right on the border of Wisconsin and Illinois. So our city's probably like 60-40 Packers Bears fans. There's always been a ton of Bears fans, some of my family's Bears fans. Uh, so I grew up understanding and appreciating that rivalry, obviously. And it's always just been a big part of my life as Sundays were for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I that's fair. Hey, Mark. Um, so we've already gotten two questions also about who our draft crushes are. So do we want to dive in? Just the, dive right in. Yeah. Dive right into the draft since it is April. It's draft month, right? Like we knew we knew this would be very draft focused. Yeah. Go ahead. You go first. Cause well, I know I know yours. So I go first. Okay. Um my I have two. I have one in the first round, one in the second round. They're both cornerbacks. Um 
Yeah, I, I absolutely love Greg Newsom. I, I think that's become a pretty common a common one for Packers fans and also other people around the league. I don't think he was really noticed until, you know, his, his kind of pro day time and he's creeped up the board. So I, I would be a little bit surprised. I hate saying that, but I would be surprised if he fell to 29 again. I hate saying that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he is, I, I watched his tape and my first thought was that's Jair Alexander, but taller. I mean, he's just, he's so impressive. Um, and he does all the things that Jair does super aggressive, has all that swag that you'd like. Um, you know, speedy, good click and close, all that kind of stuff that you would want. And um, I love the way he he hand, handles himself, carries himself, very, very CB1-like. Um, and then I also love Elijah Molden, who is more of that nickel guy, uh, nickel kind of strong safety, if you will. Um, reminds me of Micah Hyde, who I also loved. That was the first time I was ever sad that a Packers player left uh, to go to another team. So those are my two. Yeah, I... I don't know. I'm having a really hard time getting into first round picks this year. And I think it's because I spend so much time trying to study like later round guys to see who I like their fit for. Because every time I fall in love with a first round pick, he doesn't go to the Packers. And then I get really crushed like Ross Blacklock circa 2020 Ross Blacklock <laughs> season. Um, so a couple of mine, uh, Paulson Adebo and Terrell Williams are two of my favorite corners that likely could go day two, really early day three, like fourth round at the very latest. And then Davion Nixon, the defensive lineman, I have to talk about him everywhere because he went to my high yeah, school and obviously I don't know him, but he went to my high school before. Uh, and now he's, you know, from Iowa, likely to be drafted probably day two of the draft, which is pretty cool because when I went to high school, we didn't have a football team. So pretty cool. Uh, Perry, cool. Um, I, I have a question here that okay. I think that we need to. So. You may have seen on social media already that in this uh, this first live show, we'll be giving away five copies of the draft guide from She Said TV. It's fantastic every year. And we're not just saying that. My dog's going wild in the background. Um, he's having the time of his life on the couch. But uh, Jason, oh God, I don't know how to pronounce your name. I'm so sorry. Zarotnik? Zwatniak uh, is the Browns Packers game, the official Packs That She Said podcast tailgate game. You, for that question... <laughs> get a free copy of the Cheesehead TV draft guide. And absolutely, I will be there. Mark will be there. You can see his hat right there in the trying to calm the dog down. So, yeah, Perry, you have to come to that game. It's I guess so. Well, we recently learned, right, that Cleveland is actually kind of the halfway point. between Exactly us. halfway. So, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like exactly halfway. So it just makes sense. That's that's my weird twisted logic is that it just makes sense. And I also have this, I don't know, I guess a bucket list, if you will, to see a game at every field. I, I would like to do that in my lifetime. That would so be amazing, yeah. I guess I'll have to just check off the Browns. So how many are you at then? Three. It's more than me. I'm a two, so. So I got to get, I got, I got to, I have more baseball stadiums than I do football stadiums, but I want, I want more, uh, more football stadiums. It used to be something like I, I wanted to do with my dad, but my dad's a homebody. He doesn't like watching games except on, in his chair alone. Which you got to respect. He's the master of his domain then. He's got his yeah. beard that's free. You yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. Um, great question. That's a good All question. Right, Maggie, what position group do you think fans might be surprised to be stronger than we thought? Wide receiver? Wide receiver and offensive line are the two positions that come to mind for me. And I know offensive line maybe is cheating because I do think a tackle will be selected early, but... Knowing David Bakhtiari and the kind of player that he is, it's hard for me, even though I, you know, if I tore my ACL, I would not walk for three years. <laughs> like, I just, 
<laughs> David Bakhtiari is probably going to start the season. Like, I just feel like that's the kind of person that he is. Mm-hmm. So if you have Billy Turner, maybe a, if John Runyon Jr., Elton Jenkins, and Lucas Patrick or Jake Hansen, somebody at center, I feel like the offensive line is a little more cohesive than maybe what we're expecting going into the season. Yeah. How about you? I didn't want to become a John Runyon Jr. stan, but, but I you have. over the course of the offseason, <laughs> I really have become, like, I'm really pumped for his development. And I think that he's going to end up being a starter on the line. I'm really excited about him. So what position group? Um, I think tight end's pretty set. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised still if the Packers drafted a tight end, just because we know how much Matt LaFleur loves that position. And, like, yes, Big Dog signed a two-year deal, but, you know, that could be really conceit. I think a two-year deal really normally means one, and we'll see. So yeah. he is going to turn 38. So – who knows? So I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I, I, but I, I also think, you know, depending on the development of some of the later guys, right? Like we still want to see what Jay Sternberger's got. Josiah DeGuerra is going to come off the ACL injury. Um, Dominique Daf- Daphne showed some flashes. So I like the depth there. I think it's a really fun one. And obviously safety. I, I think that safety is one of the strongest position groups on the Packers, like hard stop. Um, I'm really pumped about Vernon Scott. I hope that we see him more in that like dime package. Don't know Same. how much Joe Barry is going to deploy dime. He's not my pet. Um, but I really <laughs> so love never. So not a hundred percent of the time. Um, but I, I really like that position group a lot. Also, this is one, this is for you. Oh, I, Gino Atkins a little bit. What? Gino Atkins a little bit. Yeah. Just yeah. give me a big guy on the defensive line. It was. <laughs> Always. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> Always. I mean, Richard Sherman's still out there. So I don't know what Fair. kind of voodoo magic Russ Ball would have to do uh, to get a guy like Sherman. I mean, he's still on the free agent market, which I think is interesting. Either he's waiting for money he's not going to get or there's something up. I'm not really sure how no one snatched him up yet. Um, but I think that Richard Sherman would be a, a massive just, I don't know, off-season changing, season changing signing and would definitely solve a lot of the secondary issues. But, you know, they did just bring back Kevin King. So I don't know how much they're going to shell out for, for another guy that's not a draft pick. Perry, are you comparing Richard Sherman to Kevin King right now? No, no, I'm, I'm saying. Just kidding, I'm just I'm, no, totally okay, let me clarify now in case anyone out there thinks that I'm going to do that. Uh, no, I'm just saying that the Packers brought back a vet corner um, already in Kevin King. And so to do it again with a more expensive one, like wouldn't you just have – spent that money on Richard Sherman if you were really going to bring in Richard Sherman probably yeah and this draft class is loaded with corners so I mean this is a good year to need one or two or three Um, (laughs) this is completely unrelated to anything we're talking about but Steve to answer your question it's always the spot and not big star um thank you go ahead Perry you can continue I yeah that's the only one left and I don't know I, I think the Packers might be done in free agency until much much later because where's the money at and I think they probably want to bring the bodies that they have into camp and, and see what happens. And there also needs to be cap space held for draft picks. I think we kind of forget that, but they do get paid um, and they need to have money for those. So as the questions kind of churn in, Perry, I'm curious your thoughts on this. We kind of talked about this a little bit on our last episode. If you had, you know, money on the line, however you want to do it, you have 10 draft picks. Do the Packers finish with more picks or do they trade, move around the gateway and end up with less than 10? Like with less than 10 players. 10 picks, yeah, sure. Okay. And players. Well, what I think is going to happen, and we've talked about this a ton, right, is I think that unless somebody that they love, like really love, 
um, falls to 29, I, I think that's a really weird spot to pick in. And I don't think Goot stays there. He never has. The Packers have picked basically in that spot since he started, except for the year that we had two with Gary and Savage. He always moves around. Um, so I would see them trading back, which means they would acquire picks, likely future picks, but acquire picks and then maybe, or they could package up a few and move later in the round. I, I just can't see them ending up with 10, maybe eight, nine and some futures. I don't know. No, I guess I, my answer. <laughs> see, cause to, like to me, if you're talking about, and this is a whole another conversation that maybe we'll get into on the show, who knows? But if you're talking about going all in and this team being like one or two players away, I kind of feel like this is the Goody year where he trades up into like the teens and he just gets like his guy. Like maybe it's Greg Newsom is there at 20 and he's like, you know what? Bet. And he just jumps up the board because yeah. if you got to pay for all these guys, just get like six good ones. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is a good year to do it. They have a bunch of picks they could package. Like I think that they have a ton in like the fourth, fifth and sixth rounds that they can likely dish out. I mean, we saw him dish out a fourth rounder last year to move up when they didn't have any others in the fourth round. So when he has multiple, I could see it again. It just all depends on the way the board falls, who they have first round grades on. Is anybody left? Is anybody within reach? Is there a trade partner? I don't um, know. Andy Herman is currently trolling the chat. Appreciate you being here, Andy. We love you. All right, Andy. <laughs> Oh my god, that will never get clipped. And I clarified, okay, so let's not do that. Um, no, my answer to this question is probably no. And the only reason I say that is because I'm not sure Jared Feldier could even like play a full season anymore. I think he, I mean, he already did come back out of retirement for two seasons. Um, I'd be surprised if he was able to play for another full season. Yeah, like I understood the move at the time with David Bakhtiari being injured, but if the Packers, I think, were going to keep a backup swing tackle, they would have kept Rick, Wag Rick Wagner, like restructured him to an extent. I think Jared Valdir is probably going to ride off into the sunset, which is what he deserves. He had a really long, illustrious career. Agreed. And thank him so much for his time. And unfortunately, he didn't get to play in the championship game because he got COVID, but the sentiment was there. The sentiment was definitely there. Um, I saw a question here that I want to pose to you because this is your man. Um, Tom, thanks Tom for joining us. Um, will AJ Dillon be above or below 800 total offensive yards receiving and rushing total? That's a, that's a really, really good question. And I, my gut to me right now says under, but I think that's because if you look at like the Jamal Williams totals, he kind of hovers around like 500, 600 and he's still an all purpose guy. And you know, they, they brought AJ Aaron Jones, who you got me calling him AJ now, and it gets me really confused. But with Aaron Jones coming back, you know, he's going to be the bell cow in the backfield. But I think that Matt LaFleur still needs like his really shifty dynamic running back is kind of that triple option, whether it's Tyler Irvin, somebody in the draft. I know there's a lot of really fun running backs. Chris Evans is one of my favorite running backs in the later rounds that could slip. So yeah, to me under 800, probably 600 ish feels right for me. I'd be happy with that. I think that's a great place for him to be in his second year. Um, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yes. Maggie and I will be up there for training camp already. That's not a game. It's not really. Anything. Say hi. If you see us, please. Say hi. If we you would see love us. that. Yeah, We'd love that for a week. Um, wear your packs, which she said gear, if you own it, so we know <laughs> who you are. Um, but yeah, I fully plan on coming up. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, I've actually never been to Lambo, never been to a game at Lambo, And uh, we're going to, my family and I are going to come up this year. Very excited. 
Um, and Maggie has season tickets, so be jealous of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be at as many games as possible because we opted out last year for the safety reasons. Um, yeah. That is someone, I think, I don't know if it was the person that asked the question. Um, the chat's going really quick, but somebody said, obviously, AJ Dillon is a lot different player than um, Jamal Williams was, which is absolutely fair. I I don't know if I see AJ Dillon having the receiving yards that Aaron that Jamal Williams did, um, but he probably will have more yards on the ground for sure than I think Jamal Williams did as RB two in this offense. Yeah, hundred percent. I I think, and again, we've we've talked about this a lot, but this is like the one two punch that Matt Lafleur dreams about between Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And I we love Jamal. Jamal was an awesome back. He was a perfect Packer player, just all around personality wise, but. AJ Dillon, I think, adds just a little bit more to the game than Jamal does. And so I think I'd like to see a little bit more of an even, not quite 50-50 split, but m- more of a feature for AJ Dillon than Aaron Jones. Because Aaron Jones can do so much, and he can be moved around. And Maggie and I are fans of the pony package. We love- I was going to say, you're going to get your pony package. Yeah, we've got to get the pony package in and have both of them in at the same time, because that's just a miss. I mean, where do you go? Who do you, who do you, and then you have Devonte Adams on the other side. I mean, who do you cover? No, I don't know. So you um, don't is the you, answer. The answer you just yeah, don't. You don't. So we, um, yeah, I mean, I, I fully expect Aaron. Uh, oh my God. There's too many. They all have the same name. Um, <laughs> so many errands to be to be featured a lot more this year as he should because look at what he did against the titans every game that's what you're gonna <laughs> get know. out of him every game. realistic expectations but we know what he can bring <laughs> right we know we know what he can bring so then do you think the packers draft a running back later maybe later day three day three if it was before day three i would be like audibly shocked but i was also audibly shocked by like the entire 2020 drafts yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. um, yeah i think so too there's a bunch of guys that i like in the in the later the day on the day in the day three rounds um as i dive deeper into my draft study it's not really it's not really my bread and butter but i try very hard i just have a really hard time like i talked to the guys on pack a day about this i have a really hard time investing a lot of my energy into players that I don't think are attainable. Like I'll, right. I'm not going to lie last year, I barely touched the quarterback. So I was like, nah, you know, and then here comes Jordan love. So shame on me. Yeah. But this year it's just like, there's a lot of really talented guys, Harris out of Alabama. And I just nah, can't do it. Cause I, I it's so unrealistic to me. This is a good this, one. I know this, your answer. I know I, I'm, I think I know your answer too, but I'll, I'll go first. So my, <laughs> absolutely unequivocally, without a doubt, BJ Raji, he is the light of my life and still <laughs> is. Um, old school Packer, I'll throw this in there just for fun, Jerry Creamer. I've I met him. <laughs> he is the sweetest, nicest, best person to me. He like personifies what it means to be a Green Bay Packer. Um, went to Canton to see him, fully cried, was one of the best uh, football memories of my life. So BJ Raji and Jerry Creamer are my answers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are mine? I mean, I loved Leroy Butler. Like, loved, loved, loved. Um, I, Tremont Williams. Uh, there we go. Yeah. 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 Um, his retirement had me really emotional. Like, I've never been that emotional over a player. You can confirm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she can. I can confirm. <laughs> um, yeah. I just love his story, right? Like, how can you not love a guy like walked on at Louisiana Tech, totally undrafted guy? The, I mean, the Packers do a great job with with scouting undrafted talent. Comes in and is just like the savior of the 2010 Super Bowl run. Unreal, just unreal career. Um, total consummate professional. He is going to have um, 
a lasting impact on even our current secondary. They all talk about how much they learned from Chamon. So yeah, love, love that guy. The Houdini comments cracking me up. That's one of my favorite (laughs) BJ Raji clips. I love it so much. (laughs) Um, I love this question because we haven't dove into this yet. Uh, Flames 600. What's up? That's a dope name. Um, Do you think MVS can take the next step? If so, what's his ceiling for this season? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely think he can. I think we kind of saw at he, I mean, he made really impressive moves in the playoffs when guys like Devontae Adams were getting covered. And I think that's that's the kind of next step that you're looking at. And he just plays such a a specific role for the Packers offense, which Perry and I talk about this quite a bit on Packs. What she said is if you had to think about maybe who comes back for the Matt LaFleur offense, is Alan Lazard the priority resign next year or MVS? And I think we disagreed on this a little bit, but I speed can be replicated I guess but to me MVS is just such a unique piece from Matt LaFleur that I know his hands kind of infuriate people from time to time but when he hits he hits I mean led the league in yards per reception average with Tyreek Hill of all people so I think he's without a doubt wide receiver too and I think he has barely touched his ceiling yeah I think he tied Tyreek in most 40 plus yard receptions which Mm -hmm. is when you think like think about he's being compared to Tyreek Hill in certain categories, like that's not, I think, the way Packers fans view MVS or think about him. And it's just because there is a level of in- inconsistency there. Um, but I think he's carved out, like you said, a really nice role her- for himself in this offense. And um, he talked about this in a really great article that Ty Dunn wrote, which, right? Which is somebody mentioned it, yeah, in the comments. Right, yeah, and I loved, I loved that article. Um, yeah, I see it here that talks about like just the complexity of learning the offense and how it's just not as easy as one would think that it would be um, because there's Matt LaFleur's book and then there's Roger's book. And I think that that level added level um, makes the wide receivers that we have currently on the Packers roster just that much more valuable because you're not going to just hop in and learn it right away. And that chemistry with Roger, we've talked about that chemistry with Roger for years now with him, right? Like you don't just build that. Um, It takes time. So I'd love to see it for another year. That's a great question. I, uh, go ahead, Barry. I don't know. No? I hope so. I, I've seen his stats uh, comparatively to other people who have made it in, and he seems to to fit the mold. So I, I hope so. That'd be great for for the family. His dad's got to get in first, and then we can figure oh, out. The, that, uh... I thought they were talking about his dad. No, this. Well, this what? is. <laughs> get them both in. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, Clay Matthews, our Packers Clay Matthews is already in the Packers Hall of Fame, isn't he? Do we know Isn't that? it five years after you retire? Five or is years? that just the okay. hall? Well, he'll no matter what be in the Packers. Same with Tremon. Yeah. Same with Tremon. Um, the, the major major Hall of Fame, the, the overarching Hall of Fame, I don't know. I don't know if he reached that threshold. But yeah, someone commented earlier about him being that. And yeah, he was definitely one of my favorites growing up, actually, too. Your dad's too, right? Yeah, he's my uh, all time. Yeah, I got my dad a little assigned. My my sister and I got my dad assigned mini helmet, uh, Clay Matthews mini helmet for his birthday this year slash Father's Day. He was very happy. It's on his desk. Um, Daughter of the year. I am. I am. Um, what other questions do we have here? That we, we have draft have? guides to give away. Don't forget, Perry. I've been. Oh, yeah. So you forgot. Um. Do <laughs> um, does Funches make the roster? Oh, yeah. you and I talk about this a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah. Why not? I don't know, though, because the, the Packers are going to carry eight tight ends and they might only have room for like three <laughs> wide receivers. We're not the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I hope so. I mean, he took a pay cut to come back to the Packers, which I thought was a really smart move by him, right? Like where where else was he going to go? Um, I hope he contributes. That would be great. We always root for contribution. Um, how are his blocking skills? Yeah, great, great point. If he can block, Matt LaFleur loves that. Um, if he can learn the office, offense, uh, if he can click with Rodgers, I don't see why not. Still would love to see the Packers draft a wide receiver or two. If they don't, I'm. you know what? I'm not even going to say that. I was going to say, if they don't draft a wide receiver, I'm going to be stunned. Well, I was stunned last year. They so. did that last year. So I, I'm trying not to have expectations going into the draft, to be honest, because that's I a good way have, to do it. I always have expectations and the Packers do something so wacky. And I'm just like, you know what? Why do I even bother? Everyone debates it for so long. And then they never pick anybody that I like or do anything that I expect. So let's just see how it goes. Twitter is just a nightmare those couple days. Oh, I was really enjoying last year. I was just laughing. People were mean to you on Twitter. Everyone is freaking out. People were mean to me. I got bullied, so I don't want to go back to that. No, don't be mean (laughs) on Twitter, okay? Nobody can predict the draft. We're not in the war room. We don't know what the Packers' big board is. I would love to be in the war room. I would too, but I'm not a scout. I don't know what they see, what they hear in interviews. So (laughs) I'm curious. Do you feel comfortable with Love as the backup this year? Yeah. That's a good if question. Love wasn't the backup this year, something was seriously wrong with that pick. No hate on Tim Boyle, right? Like, we love Tim Boyle. We love the Tim Boyle laser show. We're sad that he's with the Lions because that sucks. Um, <laughs> I'm trying not to curse. but <laughs> Your filter is so strong. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but – the Packers traded up to draft a quarterback, albeit a developmental quarterback, a future quarterback. He needs those reps. He needs that time, and he should be the backup. And if he wasn't, then there was obviously something wrong with his development. Andy Herman is literally back in the chat because we say, it's like Beetlejuice. If you say <laughs> Tim Boyle three times, Tim Andy Boyle Herman is <laughs> but no somebody yeah the i mean i don't think the packers are going to have three quarterbacks on their roster but right now aaron Rodgers and jordan love are the only quarterbacks on the whatever it is like 78 man roster so absolutely we'll have a quarterback on the practice squad in case something really crazy happens i don't think there will be three quarterbacks on the active roster though to start the season yeah i agree and like i said i'm it should qb2 should be jordan love <laughs> um Oh, boy. I think that's so funny that Andy just popped in here as soon as we mentioned him. That's so funny. Um, has Nagler or Grassi ever interviewed you? Yeah, both. Both. We were on, we were on Packast, right? That's what it's called. Grassi yeah. Posse. Yeah. Grassi Pecker Nation. You know, the best part about that is Tom Grassi grew up or lives like a town over from where I grew up. And we never even knew each other. And y'all talk so fast. I know. I'm sorry. Can't do it. New York chatter. <laughs> the chatter. Um, when did we start working for Cheesehead? You started before me. Uh, I think it was. I think it was right after my wedding. April 2019, I want to say. I started with Pack-A-Day. Started with Andy first. Then switched over to, um, to Cheesehead TV and Pack-A-Day in I think April of 2019 so it's my two-year anniversary look at that and now I have a live show 
<laughs> I love that. Thriving. I started in January of 2020. Yeah. January 2020. And then Andy uh, decided for some reason that he wanted me on Pack a Day. So I'm also on Pack a Day too. For some reason. For some reason. Um, Andrew Hand, are you both on team Get Olive Nagel or Dog? Yeah. Obviously. Dogs are the best. Can confirm. They're great sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes they're Except great. Except when you message me that Bojack is <laughs> selling him. Um, I like the idea of an early offensive tackle. Popeye's Beef 12. What a great name. I like the idea <laughs> of an early offensive tackle for peace of mind. <laughs> Any preferred offensive tackles. You know what, Popeye's Beef? I think you're going to get a draft guide. This is a really <laughs> for good name alone. And I like your name. Um, are there any preferred early offensive tackles that you like in the draft? Um, that's. I like a lot of the late round guys because I don't know. I just have more fun studying late round prospects. And I don't know why. I think it's just if I see them in like the top 50, I lose a little bit of interest. I don't know why. I don't. Maybe you're the same way. Maybe you're completely different. But I like to discover the hidden gems. I thought AJ Dillon was a hidden gem last year, and then he went in the second round. You did. So, <laughs> you did. <laughs> oh, absolutely no nothing. But yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of like really fun uh, late round offensive tackles. Creed Humphrey is probably my like preferred first round pick, even though he's a center, just because I think Nebraska? I would. Is that where he plays, Nebraska? I think so. Okay. I'm still learning. Offensive tackle, to be fair, is not really my um, my position. It's not your bread and butter. No, not my position of, of choice. Um, I really like Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. I thought for a while that that felt like a very, you know, nice fit at 29. Um, but then his RAS score came out, and it wasn't super freaky athlete and I don't think – I think Goot would pass on that. Um Thank you from Brazil. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, love that. That's um, really that's cool. That's very exciting. We had Croatia in the chat a little bit ago, too. Packers worldwide. Packers fans. Literally worldwide. Um, my dad really likes Liam Eikenberg because he's a he does. guy. He does. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know anything about him. You were supposed to talk to your dad about Dalen Hayes. I just wrote about him today for Cheesehead TV. So if you're looking for some previews on late round draft picks, you should yeah, check out. Yeah, Maggie always writes about those. Um, what was your favorite pandemic Packers moment this last year? That is such a good question. That's a really good question. Did we give Andrew Hand a draft guide yet? We did not. Okay, Andrew Hand, you're going to get a draft guide from um, I I love that. Popeye's Beef also would like to forfeit his freebie because he ordered one. <laughs> we had a so we... that happen. <laughs> All right. Um, That's tough. I feel like I have so many. I mean, I honestly, to me, like, maybe this is really sappy, but the whole season was kind of uh, my favorite moment because I didn't think it would happen back in, like, April and May of last year. I was skeptical after seeing what was happening with the NBA and the bubble and everything kind of going haywire and not having March Madness. I didn't necessarily think that we were going to have a full Packer season. So I know the NFC championship game did not go how we wanted, but to have a full season and the kind of memorable historic MVP season from Rogers yeah. to me was like the, the defining moment of the, the pandemic, even though it was a lot of moments, <laughs> that's kind of cheating. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite specific moment and Nagler posted about this recently was when the first time I went in to do a Cheesehead live uh, watch party, 
Um, nothing has ever gone wrong, apparently, in those. They always run smoothly. LiveX always does everything, you know, perfectly. Uh, it's the 49ers game, right? And the power goes out. Uh, we lose Wi-Fi. Stream cuts down. Nothing. So Nagler and I are sitting in the studio, like this full studio with all this equipment, and we are streaming the game on my cell phone. <laughs> And we were just watching the game and they won and it was great. I just thought it was so funny. Um, and it was such a great moment. Just all we wanted to do was watch the Packers. It's the whole reason why we were there. So I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Because I streamed it because I love you. So uh, yeah. And then you messaged me and you were like, what's happening? And I was like, we all fly five. Andy and my content. It was just such a 2020 moment too. You know what I mean? Like I had to stream it on our phone. It just peaked 2020 when you're in like a, a meeting remote in your pajama pants and then your internet doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, someone said a good question. moment was Aaron Rodgers announcing his engagement during his MVP reception speech. That was crazy. Such a flex. He Such a flex. dropped that bomb on the internet and no one knew it. My fiance. You're like, you're what? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse the me. Misses. You called her the missus yesterday. Um, okay. I'm trying okay, to go so through all these what, comments. What, um, what was your favorite moment of the, of the, pre I wouldn't call it a presser, his Pat McAfee interview yesterday. There was a lot there. There was a lot there. Um, I think just him, we talked about this a little bit, but just, he's always been such like a private person and I felt like I've never known much about him as far as like what he enjoys. I mean, like, you know, he likes star Wars and princess bride and like all those little, like weird little glimpses okay. into people. But um, I think having him as a regular on the Pat McAfee show is like one of the best things that happened. That's another really good pandemic moment. The fact that he gave Packers fans like a glimpse kind of into who he is. And I don't know if any of the people listening or watching are, part of Instagram, but he went on Instagram live yesterday with Shailene Woodley. So there's just all these, like we're getting Shay. more glimpse. Shay. Yeah. I'm sorry. And, and the dog, the German shepherd, Maisie, is that her name? I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember the dog's name, but getting all these glimpses into who he is as a person. And I always feel that when I know who players are, it's easier for me to root for them. And I've adored Aaron Rodgers. Perry and I agreed, like we were on like the very tail end of Brett Favre. So Aaron Rodgers was kind of the quarterback that we grew up with as younger Packers fans in our mid to, ugh, I guess I'm in my late 20s now. <laughs> but so learning more about who Aaron Rodgers was, I think was, is really special to know like the player in addition or the person in addition to being like such a fantastic player. Yeah, he's always been a super private guy, which I actually mm -hmm. have always appreciated about him. I think it's probably really hard to have any semblance of privacy when you're that famous um and so scrutinized all the time but i like you're right getting these glimpses into into who he is as as a person i think he's super interesting i love the way he views the world and thinks about the world he's a very cerebral very self-aware person um and i love love that mindset and i think it's um also something that uh not a lot of reporters or writers about sports or people who talk about sports have an easy time handling because he just thinks about the world in a very different way than a lot of other sports players and I I love that about him I appreciate that a lot about him 
And I think that's why he is such a good fit for a show like Jeopardy, because he's very <laughs> inquisitive and he likes to know everything. And if he doesn't have the right answer, he wants to find the right answer. And I, I we've heard him talk before in pressers and things about him not wanting to maybe pursue a career in sports after he retires, whether it's coaching or as a color commentator or an analyst. So for him, if he were to get the full-time gig hosting Jeopardy, that just feels like such a very specific Aaron Rodgers-ism. Yes. But the, it makes all the sense in the world. Well, you know, one of my favorite anecdotes about Rodgers is that he actually spoke to a physicist about how to and what angle to throw a Hail Mary to make it the most successful. Like, that is so Rodgers and also phenomenal. And I was telling the story to someone recently who's not like a super either – they probably follow football, but not the same that we do. And they're like, so what was the outcome? And I was like, well, he's the best to ever throw a Hail Mary ever in the history of the game. <laughs> Literally so ever. It worked. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. I think he and he said he doesn't really want to um, be in sports after he retires, which makes sense. He's got so many other interests. Mark um, is in the chat trying to win us a free draft guide. Just kidding. I get one for free, but <laughs> I like that. The count spikes. Oh, Oh, I yeah, Jeopardy I just ended. We missed it today, oh, but that's okay. Um, I'm gonna I give out... your dad in here, but I got I got overzealous and too excited. I was gonna say if if he knows how to get on the Facebook, we'll see. I don't know. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna give away another draft guide. Shit, I lost it. It was in the oh god, oh, I gotta find it. It's oh, okay. it was um Geary Gagnon. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Have you ever interviewed a player and who this is really interesting. This was my first ever player interview. Um, oh, for yeah. I did it for Cheesehead TV. It was Justin McCray, the offensive lineman who is now with the Texans. He is such a good person, has such a really cool story. He was working as a bellhop before the Packers called him and had him come in for a tryout. So we went to Cheesecake Heaven in Green Bay. If you're familiar with the area, he bought me lunch and I interviewed him about his life uh, pre-Packers and with the Packers. So that was a very good question. Um, so two left, Perry. We got two draft guides left. Okay. Um, Sebastian asked a question that I kind of want to go back to. It's, I had to scroll up a little bit, but I didn't want to lose it. Do you, And I think this is so interesting and I have an answer, but I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. Do you think Jordan Love is satisfied with sitting on the bench for another two or three years? Or could it be that he demands a trade next year if he doesn't see a chance to get the starting job? Jordan Love can't demand shit. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> like, what sorry. does Jordan Love have to demand a trade? I think it's possible that the Packers decide to do that if, it's, if he's valuable enough. He has shown us nothing yet. We have so much more to see from him. I don't know. I don't know what that guy can bring. He's just still a developmental prospect. Although he did post a bunch of videos of himself working out in California. There's some weird guy in the chat named Grant. I don't know if you want to handle that, but Grant, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's like Blilil. Whatever. I would like one. (laughs) You, sir, are going to have to pay for that. Um, (laughs) Joe, we have great fan caves. You just can't see mine from this angle. My fan cave is exquisite. Hers is way better than mine. I'm not going to take you on a tour, but... Mine's still a work in progress. Maggie's is phenomenal. Like, phenomenal. Yeah. All right. We're doing a full 360. Well, we can't because I'm plugged in, but... Yeah. Look at this. Um, You're making me move my setup. The people want to see all your memorabilia, Mags. Justin McRae. And Raji. That's fitting. They're on the same wall. Um... 
Okay, here's, you want another draft question? Which is the best draft prospect that we think could add more nasty to our defense? Nasty? Yeah. Um, I like this question a lot. Because you want some nasty. That's what you want. That's why I like Elijah Molden. I love the way he plays. He, I know that his measurements came back smaller than I think potentially the Packers would want, but he plays so much bigger than his body size. Like he plays so hard. He hits so hard. If you ever watch him play, you're like, ow, I don't want to be hit like that. There's also a linebacker out of Notre Dame. I cannot pronounce his name. I'm not going to try. Wait, now I have to. I think it's Jeremiah. Now you have to try. Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. I think I actually did a That was actually, you like nailed it. Thank you. And he is also brings the nasty. Um, Really fun player to watch. Uh, Much more of like an attacking sort of blitzing kind of linebacker, more edgy than coverage linebacker, but really fun. Really fun guy. One of my favorite players. And if the Packers go edge at 29 or wherever they pick, like if they trade up to get an edge rusher, I feel like, you know, (laughs) Packers Twitter fandom might just implode, but Jason Owe is one of my favorite, one of my favorite Packers or prospects in general. If you haven't watched him yet, he's such like a freaky athlete and he is another one of those guys that just hits hard. Like you can tell when a player is hitting because it's business and hitting because it's fun. And I kind of like the guys that hit for fun. He hits for fun. You do really (laughs) like, you keep bringing him up. He might be your draw crush. I know you're hesitant to. I don't want to have a crush. One. I don't want to get hurt again, period. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I don't want to get hurt again. <laughs> it's pain. Um, Maggie, apparently your basement is, quote, woman cave goals. I think guys and girls. Um, that's from Corinne. What's up, Corinne? Um, if you guys are not hip on Zaven Collins, you need to get acquainted. Okay, I like that. We can add that to the. Add that to I just list, don't but... see the Packers drafting inside linebacker early. Like I, he's great, but I thought Patrick Queen was the fit too, and I looked silly. Yeah, so, so I don't want to love somebody else at inside linebacker. I think that there are a couple of positions that the Packers really covet that early, and they are offensive tackle, corner, and edge. Yeah, I w- like if I had to bet. I don't. I'm, I was gonna say my life savings. It's very low right now. I just bought a fence <laughs> and a, like a very minimal in the life savings. But yeah, I absolutely it would be one of those three positions. Yeah. Oh, we've talked about this, guys. So we're gonna ask this question, Dennis Towell Jr. Thanks for sending in a question. Would the Packers run up the board if Christian Barmore fell down the board? I know you have actually an answer for this. So I'm gonna say no. Yeah. Yeah. And- <laughs> 29 is a little rich for Christian Barmore, we feel. And I just, and it's just, again, I mean, Kenny Clark, you could argue, had a lot of, like, his age. There were things that made him a really unique prospect. Rashawn Gary, really young at his position. There's a lot of players in this draft that are, like, 20, 21. Um, To me, I just don't see it happening for the Packers. I don't think they value what he would bring enough to draft him at 29. Yeah, yeah. But if they trade back and they take a guy like Christian Barmore and then somebody else later in the second round, I I would love that. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of really good defensive linemen going day two, though. mm -hmm. Like. Your guy. From your high school. Davion Nixon. Yeah. How excited would you be if the Packers drafted him? See, his dad's a Bears fan. So that'd be really hard for his dad. But I'd be stoked. I'm going to buy that jersey up. 
caveat. I'm going to buy it if he's a Packer fan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, just going to buy it if he's like. <laughs> I don't see any any room for Bears memorabilia on your walls. That's... There's barely room for Browns memorabilia. <laughs> I was going to say, Mark has nothing. Where is it? <laughs> um, get Porter <laughs> Patterson for return kicks. Yeah, that would be a fun. We were talking about free agents left over earlier. That would be a fun one. He is definitely the best kick returner in the league right now. And you can only go up from where the Packers special teams unit is. So <laughs> they, they need I'm to shocked sure. that Sean Menenga was not the answer personally. Sorry. Was <laughs> he was with the Browns. So. <laughs> but no, Maury Strayton seems like the kind of guy that I would run through a brick wall for. Yeah. Absolutely and love him. Him and, him and Mike Smith. We also have a uh, favorite love coaches here at Patrick, you said, and <laughs> Maggie loves Mike Smith. So he dips during his interviews. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Like, he's the peak edge rusher coach. Like, outside linebackers, he's just like, if I had to picture what an edge rushing coach looks like, it's Mike yeah. Smith with, yeah. like, dip in his cheek. Yeah. Um, okay, Pre- Peter Preston. You have a great name, too. Um, what current Packer is making the biggest jump this year? Uh, Jay Sternberger. Ooh. I said it, like, with my gut. I don't know. I just, it's, he's going to take, like, the third year funny and tunny and jump. I don't know. I just. The third year funny and tunny. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, the Packers need to see some progress. I, I could have cheated. Yeah. I wanted to say it's Josiah DeGuara, but he played one game last year. So I don't think you can say that it's a jump if he's finally healthy. But <laughs> Josiah DeGuara playing a full season is just controversial. It's a jump. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know who mine is. Probably Get somebody on defense. Young, probably one of the young inside linebackers. Like I'd love to see Chris Barnes or Kamal Martin make a jump because um, that would – they're very exciting, right? Like they have a lot of potential, um, but, you know, you want to see them put it together on the field. And the Packers sure. haven't had good athletic inside linebackers in a hot minute. Well, and okay, so understatement. So here's a question. Do you think Christian Kirksey really was a cap casualty, or do you think that the Packers are so confident in Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin that they're like, all right, bye Kirksey? Like, I mean, because maybe maybe they draft Zayvon Collins in the first round and yeah. it shows that they finally feel like they need to invest in the position. But I think clearly couple- it's yeah. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things. I think one is cap for sure. I think two, I don't know. I know that you loved the Christian Kirksey signing. I I don't think that he brought enough to the table this past season to be brought back. Um, I just, he wasn't, he, he's still battling injury, right? Like he didn't play the full season. um, And why not stick with two young guys who are going to be less of a cap hit and just have much more potential. Like they just don't have that, that history that Kirksey does. Um, and I don't think, again, like the Packers just don't covet inside linebacker the same way. So why shell out the money? Um, I also think that Joe Barry has talked a lot about how, or I shouldn't say a lot, but he has talked about how much he um, loves the nickel, cor- like the nickel corner position. And I think that a guy more like, I mean, they, they cut Raven Green, but that similar like hybrid kind of nickel safety linebacker middle of the field role um i hope this is just me projecting what i want but could be more of a feature rather than like just a true inside linebacker i was i don't know i was honestly a little bit surprised that they brought back will redmond and not raven green but i think that that kind of says a little about 
a little bit about the differences between Joe Barry and Mike Patton's defenses. Like we had this vision of Raven Green and who he would be in this hybrid inside linebacker role that he played for Mike Patton. You know, I think Joe Barry is going to play a little bit different style of defense, which hopefully <laughs> is, is yeah. a good thing. Yeah. How many I'm draft guides do we have left? I have no idea. Producer Aaron, help. <laughs> I think one. I thought two, so. Two? One left. Thank you, Cheesehead TV. Um, <laughs> comment on all, <laughs> every single platform. Um, cool. This was really fun, you guys. I love all the questions. They're, you're, they're coming in so fast. I can't even keep up. Um, I know. It's really, it's really like I'm getting a little dizzy trying to. I know, but I love it. Ever there's so many people. I don't even know how many people are here, but we love that you're tuning in. Really looking forward to seeing John Runyon develop this year. Me too, Michael. I think I'm going to lean into this now. And it's then, your brand. I think I didn't realize how much I talk about it, but I'm going to lean into it. I love what we we're calling him JRJ because John Runyon Jr. is just a mouthful. I can't do it. Um, so JRJ, book it. He'll be starting on the line this season. Um, Where's I'm, Elton Jenkins starting? Where's he starting? Yeah. Like first game? Probably no, where's – okay, where's his home? Where's his home? Yeah. Guard. Okay. But I think he's going to start at center. Unless Interesting. They start, unless they start Lucas Patrick, but I think they might try to start Elton Jenkins. Interesting. Okay. I like Why, it. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like he's going to, it's going to be like week one deja vu and he's going to start at right tackle and Billy Turner. Well, this wouldn't be deja vu, but Billy Turner will kick out to left tackle and Elgie, big Elgie will play right tackle for a couple weeks and then slide into left guard. See, I'm going with David Bakhtari is going to be ready by week one. It's just, I know that's not. That. He could like, be, he very well could be. He could be. And he also could not be. Um, and the Packers should probably. Those are the two play. options. Yeah. <laughs> the Packers should probably plan for the latter. Um, but I just would prefer. It would. Fan head is David Bakhtiari is going to be starting. Um, oh, this is great. Great, honest insights with no reservations. That's us. If you listen to our last episode, it was no script, no editing. Just Maggie and I No intro. When do you think there will be a female NFL owner? Okay, last draft guide goes to Lee Bosberg. Um, I don't know, man. We need a female GM first. <laughs> we need I would a like to do both. First. <laughs> um, I don't know. Amy Trask, let's go. Seriously, um, Amy well, Trask, can you just here's like, buy the, the Raiders? Here's, okay, to give an actual answer about that for that question is – to own an NFL team, first of all, usually gets passed down through a family, a very, very old money, rich family. Well, and there's some, like. There are some technically female NFL owners. Like, like isn't the bear. like The, the bears. Right. Like she, right. But that's just because her husband died. Um, I think that you also have to look at, you have to be a billionaire to own an NFL team. So disproportionately, most billionaires are men, not women. So that's like a whole other. <laughs> that's one. a different podcast. It's a different issue. <laughs> so I think first, uh, oh, we're gonna we're not going down rabbit hole here. Um, there just aren't enough female 
self-made billionaires unless Kylie Jenner wants to buy an NFL team. <laughs> Kylie Jenner, buy a team. Let's go. Um, for, for there to be an owner. But I, I think likely there's a, there's a couple of matriarchs, if you will, of um, NFL owner families that, that kind of run the teams. GM was the second part of that question. I think that's really interesting. Like, you know, when, and I, I mean, I think we're seeing progress, right? Tampa Bay, they had Lori Locust. She won uh, the Super Bowl, first female coach to do that. We had Sarah Thomas, first female referee to referee a Super Bowl. That was really cool. Um, Katie Sowers last yeah. season with the 49ers. So there's some trailblazers. And Mike Smith, if you need an intern, I will come work with Zadaria Smith and the Packers at 1265 Lombardi for free. Yeah. Even though my husband would hate that. I probably shouldn't do it for <laughs> free, but... Um, no one asked, but hey, the Brewers dropped three nothing. <laughs> They're scoring. <laughs> Sorry about uh Orlando Arcia, guys. Really sad, really sad about that today. Um, it was a rough day to be a Brewers fan, man. It was okay. It was also a rough day to be a Mets fan. Did y'all see the game last night? Because my God, it's they're... always a rough day to be a Mets fan. I know. <laughs> I'm, not gonna fight that. I'm not even gonna fight that. Browns do have a woman tight end assistant coach. That's yeah. awesome. Go Browns. Let's do it, Green Bay. Um, your husband thinks that we, you could buy the Jets for a shiny nickel. Um, Maggie and Perry would make fantastic GMs. Fair. I don't think so. Perry. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think I would. Um, I think I'd be a terrible GM. Um, I'm too invested. You know, I'll do it. You can't be emotion- as emotionally invested as I think that I am in a team. I'm going to buy the Bears, and I'm going to tank for 50 years. Okay. (laughs) It'll be like my civic duty. Maybe you've cracked the code. Maybe the Bears' ownership is our secretly Packers fans, and that's (laughs) why. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Oh, guys, this has been so fun. Um, Unfortunately, we are at time. Um, I was just notified by our lovely production assistant. That <laughs> it was Aaron Nagler, <laughs> some okay, intern well, temp we've never heard of. Give that away. <laughs> um, that that we have to wrap it up. But we really appreciate everyone who joined today. I mean, super super appreciate. It. We're going to be doing this once a month. I think it's the first Tuesday of every month. First Tuesday sure. of every month. First Sounds Tuesday great. of every month. Um, if we shouted you out to get a draft guide, please email or DM Aaron Nagler. Um, he will be getting those to you. <laughs> no, that's what he fiery said to- DMs. That's Send what he said to do. Um, and he will get those to you <laughs> because you asked great questions and we loved loved your loved your insights. Um, if you would like more of us, because who can't get enough of us? so many people so many people um we have a show every week and you can listen to it on every single streaming platform and tomorrow we'll be recording and we're going to be interviewing bailey burmaster who covers the team up in green bay for wbay and bailey's awesome um this off season we're going to have we have had and will continue to have a ton of guests on um We'll have, I think, a female guest, maybe a few men sprinkled in there, but um, we like to highlight and amplify female voices. And so we're interviewing a lot of um, women in the Packers and greater sports world. So go back and listen to those episodes. We've had Rachel Hopmeyer, We've had Michelle Bruton. Um, we had Mich- Michelle Jacobs. Melissa, Melissa Jacobs. Jacobs. I'm tired. Um, last off season, and that was awesome. 
and we'll continue to have a few more surprises coming up. Love it. Love it. Thank you all for joining. Um, I think Nagler is going to outro us. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Let's go. (laughs) 